Welcome to Women Empower Active, an initiative started by You Are Sportswear to empower women to find their own active adventure. I'm your host, Jacqueline Gross. Today, we are interviewing Irene Yi, pronouns she, her, who is an amazing climbing photographer and climber. And she's so inspiring. And I know I use that word all the time, but I'm sitting here listening to her talk, getting goosebumps because she is talking about self-doubt and how she deals with it. And kind of the fact that we all have those feelings. We all have those negative thoughts. And what I do is I pretend I'm so cool. And I really have to look at myself and say, in the times that I decided not to try things because I was afraid of failing, I limited myself. And she truly has fought those feelings and is in the place that she is now because she has fought that fear. And I think this episode is truly important, not just because of words of empowerment, but just life in general, to get yourself to do the things that you are scared of and to not listen to those voices. I really think you'll enjoy this episode. How did you become active? And like, when did that start for you? Yeah, I didn't really become active until about 26. I think I, I generally like I played sports in high school. So it's not like I was an inactive person. Um, and then kind of in my early 20s, I really got into fitness classes because um, I think moving always felt good and sweating and working hard. Like I, I really thought it was good for me. Um, and so this was just like a different form of that. But I don't really think I became somebody who was really interested in the outdoors until my late 20s. What sports did you play when you were growing up? Um, I ran cross country and I played basketball. Cool. Yeah. Did you do you continue to run or play basketball now or is that Definitely don't play basketball. I think it was one of those things where in my school, you were kind of forced to play sports. So I was good in the way that, you know, if you do something a lot, Mm -hmm. you'll be good at it, but you won't be great at it because you don't love it, you know? And so I played basketball. I think I was decent. I would never say that I was good. Um, I think I was pretty decent at it. And then uh, running, I still do today. Um, You know, I think as your life changes, you pick up and put down things. And I put down running for a very long time. And then currently I'm signed up for my first 5k in like 15 years (laughs) Um, in January. And I'm really excited about that. Oh, what race is it? I'm doing a 5k in Red Rock, right outside of Las Vegas, Nevada. Very cool. Uh, just going back to like where you grew up, is it like, was it a small town or like a, like what was your graduating class size? Um, uh, yeah. So I went to a private hippie Quaker school. Um, mm-hmm. And so my graduating class size was 25. Pretty much if they didn't force the entire school to play sports, we would have no teams. Okay. Yeah. That's an experience for sure. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into climbing then? Uh, I was looking for something new when I moved to Vegas um, and I was looking for a new gym. 
<laughs> and fortunately, rock climbing gyms are far more financially accessible on the West Coast than they are on the East Coast. Um, and so I decided to just try it out. And then when I found out how cheap it was, I'm like, cool, I think I can do this. Um, and then I got hooked. I got hooked by the people. I got hooked by learning something new. I got hooked by different, you know, another different way to activate my body. And I really just just fell in love with it um and what really hooked me was climbing outside for the first time because I don't I guess I'd never done that before I didn't even know you could do that in Las Vegas and I was like yeah this is amazing and I want to do this can you tell me about that like first experience like with climbing outside yeah I was super new I had some amazing people agree to take me out as somebody who was new and completely inexperienced and they set up everything and I just top roped my first climb outside and you know the when I got to the top you know you turn around and and take a look at the view if you remember or if somebody reminds you and I was like this is awesome you know, I get to do this myself. You know, it was like technical skills, which really fascinate me. It's something new, different. I get to be outside, look at this beautiful place, look how I can move my body. Um, and it kind of just, I don't know why I say escalated, but I really, the interest grew from there and it became of, you know, a kind of part of myself and that it taught me a lot about myself. I got to learn, um, you know, I got to learn about me because I wasn't really, I was kind of lost and I wasn't really sure who Irene was. And I'm like, okay, you know, I didn't realize, but climbing helped me figure that out, right? It, it kind of gave me the confidence to be like, this is something that interests you. Let's, you know, let's explore it. And then it's just like, okay, so it's hard and it's difficult and it's challenging in a way you've never been challenged before, but how you kind of meet and figure out that challenge and then overcome that challenge is is really telling about yourself, right? I was like, cool, I got this. Okay, sometimes it's not about doing it today. It's about understanding the process of doing it and knowing when it no longer helps you to stay up there and like bang your head against it, right? It is good to just be like, you gotta come down, <laughs> right? Or just like, hey, you know what? I got this. Like, it's just me and this rock. Nobody's helping, you know, nobody's helping me up but me and that, taught me a lot about like how strong that I was, you know, and learned about myself. It's like, you could complain, Irene, but nobody's up here listening to your complaints. So like, I don't really think they're going to serve you right now. And so it's like, okay, make the choice to go up or to come down, whatever it is, at least you're making a solid choice. And that's, you know, it really helped me with confidence. That's amazing. Um, Part of this podcast is like getting women to try new things. Like, how did you feel the confidence to actually try rock climbing and like go out there and do it? Were you with a group when you did this? I was with a group. Okay. Um, I always suggest people start in a gym, right? It is a much safer environment. When you go outside, there are, you know, many more technical aspects that do require safety skills. Um, and so I encourage people to go to a gym, right? Number one, you can kind of meet other folks. Um, and then it's a good way to kind of suss out your climbing partner, right? And that, you know, you can get, I got really lucky with awesome people who were willing to mentor me. And so pretty much it allows you to know who you feel is supportive in terms of you being new and wanting to like, you know, hang out with and people who are perhaps not your style, 
right? And everybody has to find that for themselves. And a gym is a good way to like suss out the many people that climb and the many different mentalities that people have about it. Yeah, totally. Um, I just wanted because you touched on it a little bit, but like, what do you mean by climbing style and like people you want to look out for? Yeah, I mean, everybody views climbing differently. Um, and you will also realize if you choose to climb for a long period of time, it will change in your life about how important it is to you and how much you energy you want to give to it or not. Um, there are people who are really about climbing. And all they want to do is improve them, their bodies in every way to be about climbing. And that's awesome. Those are not the type of people for me. I don't like having that one focus mentality because that is no longer my goal with climbing. If your goal with climbing is to just get better and better and figure out how you can become a climbing machine, awesome. Those are the folks for you, <laughs> right? Me, I'm like, I want to find cool people I can hang out with that, you know, aren't there for fitness, but there to just enjoy the experience who are like fun to hang around, who are safe to be around and who really don't care how much you climb or don't climb, <laughs> you know? And like, right. It's just like, go to the gym. And if you find people that don't resonate with you, that is perfectly okay. Just go on a different night when there are different people there because the climbing community runs a whole spectrum of folks from people who want to get after it, which is awesome when you want to, and people who just want to have fun. And that's also awesome. And also people just like love climbing and just really want to like push their own bodies just to see what, you know, what they can do. But it's not about that. It's just like about the the climb and, and community. So I mean, in the beginning, right, like I was stoked. All I wanted to do was figure out how to climb better. And all I wanted to do was talk about climbing and the climbs that I accomplished. Now that I'm like kind of way deeper in it and way more into photography, like I don't particularly care to talk about somebody's day of climbing. <laughs> like I just, right. And it's just your, your attitude, right? I always say, whatever it is you're interested in now, go into it, right? Dedicate time to it because eventually, right? Things will change and you may not be as interested or you could still be interested, right? But you might as well dedicate something that vaguely interests you and see where it takes you. And it may take you to be like, hey, you know what? Rock climbing isn't for me, but you know what I loved? I love the approaches and I love hiking and that's what I'm going to do instead, right? Or like, hey, I tried climbing and I met some mountain bikers and that is like way more where my attention lies and I love mountain biking, right? Like kind of go in the direction that your passion's you know, push you to do and just try it out. It does not mean you have to like it and it does not mean you have to stay forever or you could find something that speaks to you for the rest of your life, you know, and you, you don't know until you try and it's always hard, right. To get in that mind space of trying, but kind of putting your ego aside, which is what I did in the beginning to be like, I'm going to be really bad at this thing, but I'm going to go for one night in a gym, right. And try it out and see kind of what happens, right? Just one night of that, of just trying something new. And I found something that I love for my life. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was worth it, you know, just to try something like you never know, you know, you never know what could happen. Yeah. Um, 
that yeah I love that perspective of just trying uh what are your goals looking like now then for climbing or do you have goals I don't really have goals for climbing anymore um I don't really care to progress in climbing I care to keep my upkeep of climbing so just like being able to maintain a nice easy level that makes me feel confident and good when I go out um that is just where my personal goals lie if you will you know I'm kind of more motivated by other folks and what they want to do and my goal is to just kind of be able to at least follow right if not lead what we're doing and so I'm perfectly happy with that it's just because my attention has kind of gone from climbing to climbing photography which Mm -hmm. you think would be mutual things but they're really different and the way that you have to excel in one is different than how you excel in the other yeah, no, I did want to talk about your photography. You're an amazing, amazing photographer. And um, I was wondering this because I, I think about this when I'm when I'm leading a route or am I up on a route? Do, does going up on a route to shoot pictures like change how you feel as far as like the fear of falling? Because we all have a fear of falling at certain points. Maybe not everybody, but those people aren't me. I do. I have one. <laughs> So does that like, does that having a camera with you kind of distract you from the fact that you're hanging above like 300 feet in the air or what, whatnot? I mean, the thought process is different, right? Yeah. When you're hanging from a line, yeah. you are not likely to ever fall. <laughs> that is your goal to put it up and be on it. Yeah. I'm not saying that you don't feel fear from yeah. right the exposure of doing it. That's real. Right. But generally, you're definitely so hooked in (laughs) that your goal is like nothing is really going to make you fall down this. Right. It's more right. And that helps me be able to deal with fear and exposure when it comes. Right. It's not about I don't get scared. I still get scared when I'm really high up there or. Um, for me, the kind of exposure fear really comes in when you wrap down from the top rather than ascend from the bottom. Because a lot of times you can see that your rope is on the ground, right? It's touching the ground. And it's a slightly different experience when you see the end of your rope just like dangling in midair. <laughs> you know, it's it's a different feel like it's a different feeling and a different headspace. And for me, always what I do is I just stop and what works for me is thinking over the system that I'm on, right? I'm like, cool. I made that anchor myself. I double checked it. Um, This is my gear. And then the rest of my gear that's holding me on is right in front of me. And I'm like, cool. That carabiner's locked. That carabiner's locked. If I sit here on this line, I am more likely to starve to death than anything else happening to me. Right. And it's just about taking a moment back. Right. And kind of, thinking about it. And for me, that means going over the technical information that I was part of and present of when I put it up. And that makes me be like, okay, Irene, you just checked over your gear. You know that it's solid and good. And this is the correct system that you should be on. This is just a feeling of fear from kind of being dangling out in space. And you just need to take a moment to get used to it for a second. And I take a deep breath and then I continue. How long are you kind of up there for normally when you're trying to get a perfect shot? It really depends, right? Every climb is different. Everything is different. It depends if you're on a multi-pitch. It depends 
if you're, you know, have a group of folks coming up, um, you know, it can be anywhere from like 40 minutes to eight hours. It really, it really depends right on the climb and what the climb is doing and how the day is running and what I'm looking for that day. And then you just know you got it after eight hours. <laughs> um, well, it depends, you know, it depends what you're doing. Yeah. Um, Cause I like to be part of the whole system. And so being there at the top, being there at the bottom is all things that I like. So usually, usually it's an all day affair. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Oh, I was going to ask you, cause I did listen to some other podcasts. Uh, what is jugging? Yeah. So jugging is the physical motion of ascending a line. Okay. So uh, you have a jumar, which is, I assume, where jugging comes from. Um, but when you ascend the rope, you're using a piece of equipment that has a handle on it called an ascender. Um, and that is also, it's kind of like Xerox, you know, like somebody called it a jumar, but it's a for, oh. like a jumar is a form of ascender um, or like Kleenex. And mm-hmm. so that's just probably, that's most likely where that term from comes from but I'm not actually particularly sure where jugging specifically came from I wanted to go back to one thing you did say about your ego and how like climbing helped to make you be okay with not being good at something when you tried for the first time is this something that kind of like prohibited you before that like how did that change things for you for me ego wasn't about confidence ego was about feeling stupid or looking stupid or being too self-conscious, not self-confident. And so I think, you know, climbing taught me to like kind of bring down those walls a little bit. I was not as social as a person as I am now. And I think climbing helped me bring, you know, realize that there could be community around something that we all kind of can talk about and understand and have this mutual love for. And so, you know, it brought down my ego about being self-conscious and it helped me be confident in an ego that was in check by being like, it's not about getting it every day. It's about understanding when it's time to move forward or step back. Kind of like setting boundaries for yourself or understanding. Yeah. I think it's just understanding yourself. You yeah. know, there's a point where like sitting there anymore is not actually helpful and useful, <laughs> right? <laughs> to your mental state or to your physical state. And I think that there is nothing wrong with not completing something. I think we're very driven in this world to always have a goal and to be set and ready. And like that is just not how the outdoors works. Right. I always say like, I have a plan. I always have a plan, but adventure and like rock climbing is just like having that plan. And then just when you're executing the plan, throwing that plan out the window, because it never works in the way that you need it to. Right. And it's like, just being flexible is probably the best thing that you can really learn. Yes. I wanted to, one more thing I wanted to touch on was like, you said you moved from, um, or you had gone to Las Vegas. Why did you choose to move to Las Vegas? Like what? That was a career choice. Okay. Um, so my degree is in technical design. Uh, uh, sorry, my degree is in theater design and technology. Oh, cool. um, and I got that in Boston. And um, in Las Vegas, they pay the most for 
technicians, which is what I was. And so I was like, well, where else can I move in the country that I have, you know, that I could know that I could get a job in my field. And so it was Las Vegas. And the great thing, you know, between Las Vegas and Boston is that is way cheaper (laughs) to live in Las Vegas than it is in Boston. And so, right. It was the move that for me, the fundamental things were is that I moved to change my life and what I realized what it meant was having for the first time ever expendable income and expendable time. And those are things that I were not afforded in a place where it could barely afford to live. Yeah, that's very true. Unfortunately true. Um, I, I have listened to your voice so much in the past week or so, and it's just so confident and strong and, I wonder, like, where does that power come from? (laughs) You know, I I was thinking over this question and Mm -hmm. I honestly, I think it's just right. When you have a better sense of yourself, you are no longer questioning everything that you do. And I think we are often stuck in this mode where we're often unsure, which is like part of life, right? (laughs) But it's just like, it's just, it's talking about something that you love. That is where the confidence comes from because you know it and you love it and you're deep into it. And that gives you, right. It's that thing that didn't happen in basketball where I played basketball and I was decent at basketball and I could play basketball, but I didn't really love the game. Right. And this is just like when two things come together where you have a skill set that you either learned or you inherently have and you love it. That is where confidence, that is where ideas and inspiration and motivation comes from, is when you really, truly like something and and give into it, as well as, you know, work towards being better at it. Um, And it's just being able to talk through things and know, right? The first time that I ran my photo clinic, I was like, who am I to be doing this? Like, I don't know anything about this. I kind of just do it. But like, what do I know? And 15 minutes into that clinic, I was like, oh, yeah, I know what the heck I'm talking about. What was I worried about? Right? Because I think, you know, especially as women, we're so trained to question every part of ourselves, especially when it comes down to technical skills. Um, I was talking it over with somebody else recently that I was like, yeah, there's like, Irene authoritative voice where I have to be extra authoritative because I'm a woman of color. And if I'm not, people will not listen to me. People will not treat me like I know what I'm doing. And I have the knowledge that I worked really hard to get. Um, Unfortunately, that's like a symptom of our society. Right. But it's like, you gotta take on (laughs) extra Irene educational voice when you're in those things to just help you realize and to make other people be like, Hey, why did you think that of me? I'm really good at this. And I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, got chills on that one. Um, you're very inspiring. I, I'm like, we're we are the same age and I'm like uh which is really cool because it's like you know somebody just decided to do this thing this photography that you like really loved and um made it into a career so I think that's really that's really empowering um could you talk a little bit about how you got into photography um yeah I started climbing first um Mm -hmm. and because right I, I kind of came to a point where I had 
expendable time and money. Um, I had a coworker who was refurbishing camera bodies from actually Las Vegas CSI, uh, the real one. They got rid of a bunch of camera bodies to, to upgrade. Um, and he was taking them and just like refurbishing. And, and I got my hands on one of them and I just started photographing. Um, you know, I Googled the manual. I read the manual and I simply learned by taking it out. And that is right. I'm a person who needs to like do and touch and like do the thing to understand it. And so that worked really well for me to be able to learn something. Um, yeah, I had no prior photography experience. I didn't know anything about it. I think for me, right, I'm a generally creative person. And so it's just taking that energy from building sets and things like that into photography, which was an easy flow for me, right? If you're a creative person, you can create despite your medium you know, as you change it. And so I went from one way of creating to a different way of creating. Where does your creativity come from? Um, I don't, I don't know. I think I just, you're just a creative, manage, imaginative person. And so you just have to find an outlet for it. You know, like I, I feel like I'm a generally crafty person because I enjoy creative things that have to do with like making something with my hands. Right. That's kind of why I think I became a carpenter. But like I've done probably every craft that you can think of on the sun. I used to watercolor. I used to draw. I used to paint. I used to build things. I used to knit. I used to sew. I've done embossing. I've done. Yeah. You just end up I kind of like the thought of materials. And so I really like learning about like different glues and stuff, which is kind of weird, but right. I think it's, it's just this need to express in an artistic way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody expresses differently and I just happen to express best creatively. It was really important for you to kind of see strong women climbing and I just wanted to talk to a little bit about that. Like, why was that important to see? Yeah, I mean, so many people, right? So many other creatives have expressed this, is that you're just trying to tell your younger self something, right? That if we had these things and these tools way before we actually figured them out, what could we have done with ourselves, with our lives, you know, personally, that could have helped us. And it's just this like kind of inherent need to want to help other people because it really helped you. And then kind of write social media is a great way to kind of also express those ideas publicly and see if other people have the same things, like have the same worries and the same fears. And it's just like, yeah, like, right. I put into the world what I need to be inspired. And I was like, just, just kind of an anti-social kid who wanted to be social. And it took me a really long time to find myself. And I'm like, what could I do to somebody who is searching younger so they can also explore who they are faster and more confidently and better, you know, than like the kind of long process that I took. And so, right, I always try to creatively put out what I want to see in the world and what I needed to see in the world when I was younger. Yeah, I think that's like hugely important because I was I was talking about this the other day, just like 
and this isn't really a question, but I just think it's like so important, like how you're like putting things out online that are actually real because people are so one dimensional, right? Online, they, they do one thing, this is their life. But if I like imagine meeting that person who's like posting a bunch of running stuff on their you know, and talking to them, like if they were just an Instagram person, it's like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to talk to that person because they're just <laughs> one dimensional. And you're so like multifaceted, like you have, there's so much going on, you're showing like a real person, which I think is so, so important that we realize that the the people behind, you know, these profiles are actually real human beings that have all these layers. I think it's a good reminder to everybody that social media is a filter for your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be doing great things, but we're pretty much not interested in the boring moments of somebody's life. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's one of those things where it's like, I had a great year and I love what I do, but it's also incredibly hard. And it's, it is hard to convey a feeling of like not being home for like four weeks straight and just like unpacking and repacking your stuff every day. Cause every time you need one thing out of your car, <laughs> you have to like move all that stuff and then you have to move it all back in. You know, it's exhausting and it is tiring and it can really stifle your creativity <laughs> and like the things that you're trying to do. But ultimately, that's your job. And uh, so many great things, right? You just kind of see the end process of it of like, here's the final project product but you didn't really get to see all kind of the craziness that it took to get there and just like okay I gotta just think stop thinking about everything else and focus on this one thing because I there's so much going on and I'm just I just want to be home and just like curl up on my couch because I love my couch and I just want to stay there (laughs) you know I think you should always remember that everybody has a life and life is not always good things and it takes a lot of work to produce what people produce. And and so, you know, I'm sure everybody's like, oh, where are you traveling next? And I'm like, I am staying home. I'm staying <laughs> home and sitting on my butt because I, I can't go anywhere else, <laughs> you know? But like, I'm, I'm so privileged to have a job that allows me to do that, that I ultimately love, probably after the fact, maybe not in the moment, <laughs> right? And, and be able to do that. And so you should always remember that everybody has their thing and that as awesome as some things are I often think about how nice it would be just to go back to a nine-to-five job and then I then I like 10 minutes later I'm like no Irene I think you'd hate that but you know I there are pros and cons to everything and that we're all people and we all choose to show or not show things in our lives being vulnerable is hard And being publicly vulnerable is even harder. And so you kind of, right, again, classic saying, you never know what somebody is going through. And that any time that you start to feel bad about yourself because of social media, it is time to put down on the phone and focus on the things that you really like to do. Because nobody should make you feel bad about wanting to stay in or not having the energy at that moment to not motivate to go out and do something, you know, and throwing your attention in a different way than you thought it would be. Um, And it's just always good to remember that social media is social media, and it is a filter in itself for somebody's life. Yeah. Is there times that you feel like you need to like unplug and 
turn the phone off all the time i'm addicted to my phone i don't want to admit that but i am (laughs) um and that's why i think i like to get outdoors because right when you're forced into no service you're like oh gotta turn it off so sad (laughs) um it's just the tool of our lives and so it's either like being on it because of work or being on it because i'm doom scrolling or whatever it is you know it's always good to get off your phone and experience a little bit of life without it for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I never brought my phone with me running and now I do because I listen to like 20 million podcasts a week, but like, I wish, I think I need to just turn it off. So it's like, whatever, an airplane mode or something. (laughs) So I'm not listening. Oh, really? I do that when I'm running. Like I take it because that's right my media device because it's mm-hmm. now it's like your catch-all MP3 player, phone, you know, whatever. Um, but I always put it in airplane mode and like you know because to me I'm just like this is my time, this is my hour or half an hour or forty minutes or twenty minutes, right? right? And at least if I put it in airplane mode, like it's on, you know, there's always a thought of like what if an emergency happens? I'm like you can do nothing in twenty minutes to help somebody, right? really can't and the amount of times it happens versus the amount of times it doesn't happen taking that time whatever it is to yourself to really listen to your podcast or your music without it buzzing and alerting you mm-hmm. is time for yourself that is always good yeah I completely agree and I'm going to do that next time I go for a run <laughs> and I feel special about it being like I am choosing myself right now yeah and it's nice because I don't often think about times where I like choose myself and like that is a moment where like I am choosing myself right now to give myself half an hour of airplane mode time you're one of the climbers of color instructors for Mm -hmm. photography um or or climbing photography I wondered one like how did you get involved in that group and um what does that mean to you to be able to instruct that yeah for me I like educating people right because I know we all educate in a different style and I want to educate in a style that I needed. Right. And that mostly means being in a safe space to ask questions, to fundamentally understand what the heck people are doing. I realized so much that as a woman of color, I was just, when somebody was explaining something to me, I would just smile and nod and be like, yeah. Or like, I would be like, okay, let me try. And a half second before I would figure it out myself, they would interject and tell me the thing. And I'm like, that doesn't actually fundamentally help me learn. I have to do it. And having two seconds more of patience to let somebody work it out in the time that they need to work it out was a space that was incredibly important. And so for me is to make sure that I create this space to educate, to let everybody know that they can absolutely have technical skills, that sometimes it just takes people twice as long to learn. And there is nothing wrong with that. And you just have to go with your own pace right technical skills can be learned I can't really teach you how to like creatively express your inner voice you know I can help but teaching you how you know how to ascend a line easy anybody can do that you just got to know that it's okay to do it at your same time and pace and so I think when we have instructors who look like us who have a little bit more space and understanding of where we came from and what our struggles are then we have a place that is, you're not worried about you. You are focused on the thing that you're there to learn rather than focused on not looking like an idiot in front of everybody else. When that thought process is gone because you feel safe and 
comfortable in a space, you can actually functionally take the time to learn the thing that you came to learn. And that is most important to me. And I love working. I work with many affinity spaces and groups, kind of whoever will have me to, you know, help people also realize and give them confidence in in themselves and in their own skills and the things that they can take out of there. And so I just love working with groups where you can see the education, you can feel the support from everybody, including myself, to me, from me, you know, and create spaces that just make everybody feel great. Very important. The last question that we like to ask all of our guests is um, what are your words of empowerment for anybody who might be trying climbing or any new activity for the first time? You got this, right? Whatever it is, if it's getting out of the door, if it's stepping into the climbing gym, if it's choosing not to go to the climbing gym, whatever it is, you got this. Sometimes it takes a little while to figure it out, but whatever you do, you got it. I mean, just know that it is scary and it is okay to be scared. The first time I took my first solo road trip, Mm -hmm. I was terrified. I woke up that morning with my car half packed and I was just like, I don't have to do this. I don't want to leave. I'm scared. This is so scary to me. I've never done anything like this before in my life. I am going alone. I have no idea. You know, like I had a vague plan. And, and like, I cried all the way to Moab and I just want you to know that's okay. I was terrified the whole first night. I had no, what I, I had no camping experience. I just like ended up sleeping randomly in my car. Cause I was like running out of gas and I didn't know where I was and I just needed to sleep for the night. And then I opened my food bin and the maple syrup had exploded over everything. And it was that overwhelming experience of like, who am I to do this? I can't do this. I'm so scared. I don't want to do this. And then I woke up in the morning realizing, right, that those fears were kind of not ridiculous, but I was like, Irene, you are a creative person and you find ways to just deal with what comes to you. And you forgot that. And here you are. And you're like, okay, cool. Maple syrup explosion. Not the worst. It's a pain in the butt, right? It's not going to make or break you. Like you were too scared to put up your tent last night. That's fine. But you learned you can sleep in your locked car. And that was great. You know, and then I proceeded to have the best time of my life by just being open to new experiences and understanding that I am a smart, confident person who can deal with things as it comes to them. Even though I forgot that for a little bit and I was really upset, it's okay. It is scary to do things alone, but you should give it a try sometimes. And remember that you are a person who can like deal with things as it comes to them and you'll be okay. It's not always easy. It's not always great, right? We only see the social media pictures at the end, but not like, Hey, I didn't want to leave and do this. And I was about to cancel my entire trip because I was too scared to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an, that's important too. Like people have these reservations just like, you know. And that's okay. That's yeah. normal. That is part of being human. Yes. Yes. Any plugs that you have or what's your website? Yeah, my website is ladylockoff.com and I'm most active on Instagram at at Lady Lockoff. Um, I will plug that if you 
like and follow and watch my advertisements on my social media. That is the best way. It's mostly free for you, except for data and all that stuff um, to support me so I can continue to teach low cost classes. So I continue to employ the people that I think should be employed um, and just help me all together. Um, and the latest thing, latest project I did was, um, earlier this summer with chef Melissa King, who is a top chef winner. Um, and you can view tasting wild on YouTube or Hulu. Thank you so much for doing this. I really do appreciate you being here and you're such an inspiration. Um, I really feel fired up and it's awesome. shifted my perspective on what I'm capable of just by talking with you today. Thank you so much for chatting. It was so great. Oh, yes. You can follow me personally. That's at Jacqueline Gross, J-A-C-A-L-Y-N-G-R-O-S-S. I mostly post pictures of my runs. You can follow UR Sportswear. That's the letter U, the letter R, Sportswear on all social platforms. You can check out any of our products at URSportswear.com. If you are listening to this podcast and want to check out any of our videos, you can go to UR Sportswear YouTube channel. And this episode was produced by Jeremy Canaria and edited by me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoy and hopefully see you next month.